A world filled with violence. Selfishness everywhere. Many ignore God as their creator. Sounds like today's world, doesn't it? However, this is the time of Noah, who we will look at today as we start this series looking at Messiah's The Anointed Ones of God. So grab your Bibles and join me in Looking at the Word. Hello and welcome to the first episode of this new podcast, Looking at the Word. I am Jordan Turner, and in this first series, we'll be looking at certain men who were called by God to be saviors. They may, they may have been tasked with saving the whole world or just a nation, but they were called. They were anointed by God to be saviors. They were all messiahs. When we hear the word messiah, or a certain other word, Christ, we usually think about our Lord Jesus. But these words both mean anointed by God. And God had anointed many before him. David was considered to be anointed by God. The Bible says as much. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, we read about how God has rejected Saul as king of Israel and sent Samuel to Jesse to anoint a new king. Samuel looked at all the sons of Jesse, but it was the youngest, David, whom God had chosen. We read in 1 Samuel, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. God was anointing David through Samuel. God used his prophet to anoint, but many times God would anoint directly, as is the case for Noah. So let's look now at the man that God chose to save the world from a judgment that hasn't been seen since, and according to the Bible, will never be seen again. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Noah lived a little over a thousand years from the time of Adam and Eve. It doesn't really seem that long when we read the Bible. It seems that it just goes from Adam and Eve to Cain and Abel to Noah. But if you read between those, you will see many generations listed. And in that time, people had become corrupt and evil. We read that the sons of God took the daughters of man for wives. Growing up, I had always been told that these sons of God were angels who interbred with human women. Then I heard another story that the sons of God were the descendants of Seth, the son that Adam and Eve had to replace Abel, who was killed by Cain. 
and the daughters of man were the descendants of Cain. <clears throat> Whichever the case may have been, people grew more wicked and evil and started doing whatever they felt like, completely ignoring or even forgetting God. As we read in Genesis 6, 5-6, through 6, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. He repented or regretted his decision to make people. We often hear the word repent when talking about being saved. We repent of our sins. We regret the past things we did that were wrong in the eyes of God. That's something that doesn't happen among people a whole lot today, does it? Even among self-professing Christians. They think they can do what they want, go to church, and they're okay. But the real Christian, though he or she might have sinned in the past and still commit the occasional sin, they won't celebrate it. They will hate it. They will despise that sin they have committed. Most people, they commit sins. They celebrate it. They brag about it. But this is how we know we are saved. Because we won't enjoy it as much as before we are saved. Because we realize we did something that God wouldn't approve of. In the days of Noah, there weren't too many that felt this way. They didn't follow God. They followed what we, what we would call today the world. They followed worldly desires. Whether or not those desires went against what God wanted was of no consequence to them. But there was one man that God saw that didn't do this. Was he a sinner? Yes. But he was a repentant sinner. That man was Noah. In Genesis 6, 7-8, through 8, it says, And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was by no means perfect. He had his imperfections. After all, after the flood, we read about him playing a vineyard, making wine, getting drunk, and passing out. But he had reverence for God. In verse 9, it says that he was a just, a just man and perfect in his generation, and that he walked with God. Even though it says he was perfect, it doesn't mean he was really perfect in the same way Jesus would have been perfect. Because Jesus was perfect because he lived a sinless life, making him the perfect sacrificial lamb. Through that sacrifice, we can be born again. We can be forgiven for the sins we've committed. But Noah was a sinner. But out of everyone that lived at that time, he was as close to perfect as anyone could possibly get. He was a righteous sinner, which I know sounds like an oxymoron, but I'm sure when he sinned, he offered sacrifices to God as a way of saying, please forgive me for what I have done. I feel this is why Cain's sacrifice was rejected, because he was not truly sorry for the sins he had committed. He was just playing along, thinking he could lie to God and get away with it. But God is someone you most definitely cannot lie to. 
He knows your heart and your thoughts. You can lie to your friends, your spouse, your parents, whoever. But God knows all. You can't lie to him. It is impossible to lie to God. God could have destroyed everyone and everything from the earth in the snap of a finger. But he is the God of second chances. And he said, I am going to give mankind another chance. As we continue on in Genesis 6, starting in verse 13, we read, And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark. Shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make of it. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, the breadth of it fifty cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof. With lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, Wherein is the breath of life from under heaven? And everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant. And thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female, of fowls after their kind and of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing on the earth after his kind, two of every sort shall come unto thee, to keep them alive. And take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee. And it shall be for food for thee and for them. Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. You know, I remember growing up when I'd see drawings of Noah with the ark, it was usually just Noah with a bunch of animals. That's the picture we usually get, that Noah was the lone person on the ark. But if that were so, then we wouldn't be here today. Reading this account, we see it wasn't just Noah. It was also his wife, their three sons, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, and their wives. And something else we don't really think about is the rain. We are accustomed to it raining every now and then, but had anyone at this point ever seen a raindrop? We read about how a mist watered the Garden of Eden. Was that mist continuing to water the world, or did it rain from time to time? I've heard that the mist continued to water everything. That's what I grew up believing. Maybe it's right, maybe not. But that's not the focus of this episode. We also hear about how the people ridiculed Noah. This is probably mostly guesswork, because it doesn't actually say this in the Bible anywhere. But it would make sense that people would make fun of him for building a giant boat that God told him to make. Just like today, we try to witness the people, telling them about how Jesus died to save them from their sins. A lot of times we are mocked or straight up ignored by those who refuse to believe that God even exists, let alone that he would punish them for going against him. But one day, they will realize it was all true. Just like the people of Noah's day realized it was all true. Presuming they saw what he was building and asked him about it. If this did happen, he probably would have told them, 
I'm building this because God is going to send a devastating flood and destroy the whole world. This would have been something to laugh at, I'm sure. And the more the years went on and there was no flood, the more the people would have laughed, saying, Hey, Noah, where's the flood at? All the while, he continued to work on the ark, warning those that it was coming one day. And just like today, we warn others of Jesus coming again. But we are laughed at and mocked. But just because the rain has yet to start falling doesn't mean that the flood isn't coming. The events of today are any, any indication the clouds are starting to form. So if you are a Christian, I urge you to reach out to your lost loved ones. Pray for them that they would come to Jesus and accept his sacrifice. Noah saved the world through a boat, but Jesus saves us through his blood. If you aren't a Christian, I urge you to accept Christ today. The flood came in Noah's day, but God said that he would never destroy the world using a flood again, and uses the rainbow to remind us of that promise. But he will destroy the world again. He will destroy and remake it into the paradise that he wanted it to be, with Jesus reigning as king. That's all for this episode. Next time, we will look at the 11th son of Jacob, who was sold by his brothers into slavery, sent to prison for a crime he didn't commit, and became the second in charge of Egypt. His name, Joseph. So join me next time in looking at the word.